Hi, my name is Riley Ernst. I'm the Crave the Sound podcast coordinator. This week, Kylie Ketchner will be interviewing Sam Paulino of 99 Neighbors. I'd love to get this started just by asking you real bare bones basic stuff. Maybe just give the listeners a quick intro to what 99 Neighbors is, your own personal history with music. Uh, you know, I'm really curious about how you got into it, how you got into rapping and singing and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, well, what do you want to know first? Um, yeah, let's hear how, how you got into music personally before you met um, the guys from 99 Neighbors. So I got into music um, at a really young age. So my mom is a radio DJ, still is, um, back in Burlington. And uh, just growing up, I was always in the studio, sleeping in the studio, just like at hearing all sorts of stuff. It was mostly top 40, but anywhere from like Justin Timberlake to Eve to Fall Out Boy and Paramore and all that stuff. Um, and then I uh, I went to a boarding school called called uh, Kernhatton Homes in Westminster, Vermont. And that's where I learned, uh, I taught myself how to play the drums there and I uh, learned trumpet there and was just playing in jazz band from really young. Um, and just kind of grew up with that musical influence. I, I was obsessed with everything yeah. uh, and not only playing it, but, uh, but listening to it. So yeah, that's how I got into music. I started writing around sixth grade six, sixth or seventh grade i started like writing little raps that were terrible but uh <laughs> but i was i was doing that um and uh uh i came to south Burlington high school freshman year and i met cal and uh, he was rapping at the time my manager yeah. now was rapping at the time <laughs> yeah so we started a group um freshman year and uh, he taught me like how to record we were just recording on and dropping stuff on youtube and that's like essentially how i got in the realm of, of yeah. making and releasing music so then yeah. 99 neighbors itself that started with you uh who did you meet at your school and then you paired up with another uh pairing correct and you guys kind of came together and made this collective yeah yeah so so how it went down was i met uh hank through my friend jake but uh he came over to cal's one time um and we just started working on some music and hank wanted to rap and i really liked his voice and uh he was the only other person besides myself and cal at our school that like actually took music and rapping seriously um so i met hank through uh through my friend jake and essentially cal uh I, then through uh, my friend Declan, I met like Shane, and uh, who's our photographer and videographer. Um, and I met Aiden when I was probably like a senior in high school, because uh, he was a grade below me, or maybe two, I think. Um, I met Samba after high school. Uh, he hit me up on SoundCloud, and um, he wanted to make some music. So uh, I linked up with him. He introduced me to Juju, who's our guitar player. Um, yeah, and then I, I met Swank through like, just kind of Burlington in itself is so small. And he went to another school uh, and I would see him at parties or like at the mall or whatever. I just kind of knew him through around town and I knew he was dope. Right. So that's kind of how it, that's, that's how the members, I guess, met. And some people sprinkle through there because uh, myself and Hank got an apartment in 2017. It was just like an open door policy. We were just kind of, working whoever whoever wanted to come over and make art was totally allowed to and you, as long as you were there to make art I met a lot of people through that and that's where the idea of like 99 neighbors this idea of people coming and going and it feels like you have 100 neighbors or 99 neighbors yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> um 
So tell me a little bit about like the music scene in Burlington, because you know we're based here in Colorado, and I guess Burlington isn't known in in this realm as a as a center of yeah. creation. So it must have been like you said, like a small city. What was that kind of um, creation atmosphere like in such a small town that you all kind of know each other and stuff? It's uh, Burlington is quaint and like is it, it's super small. So there's not a lot of people doing, especially hip hop. Um, there was like a generation, but they were like more so the old heads in town, if that makes any sense. Like they were just more so there to like freestyle on Friday night at the bar and like do that kind of stuff. Um, other than that, it's a pretty, like, I know Fish is from Vermont, the band Fish. You have acts like Grace Potter and it's, it's pretty folky rock like stuff, but not a lot of hip hop. Um, so growing up without that real, in, that real influence, you kind of, we were the first ones to really make that statement i guess we are here to not just kind of like mess around uh we're here to like sell out shows and go crazy and crowd surf and like make great music and other than that there weren't a lot of people that were dropping like full-length albums rap albums that were from burlington that at least in my eyes were like quality right so uh yeah so we were just we we wanted to change the change the whole dynamic it was it was moving pretty slow yeah do you feel like ever since you guys kind of took that first step and started that creation process that there have been other acts that have followed and maybe that the music scene in Burlington has been changed because of that kind of open door policy? Or do you feel like it was more of, you know, 99 Neighbors was a one-off? Um, like, how do you feel like the long-term impacts have been on the, on the town with the music? I, I like to think that it, that we really broke the gates down for, for, whoever is is coming up next i mean there's a lot of people at the time we were working with that were just either just getting started and we saw a lot of potential and like really gave them their like motivation if that makes any sense or uh or even down to like some people that we used to work with now linked up with these other people from like two different worlds and now they're making music together so um i mean there's still a lot of really talented people coming out right now of burlington like uh uh, like Notation and um, and uh, uh, David Chief and Lupo and Krusty Cuts and SK and uh, Ravon C. There's a lot of really good artists that are that are still doing their thing. But I, yeah, I think we were the first to really kick in the doors and like have and show people that it's possible. I mean, yeah. signed a record deal and we're making really good music and having a lot of fun and it's possible to do to make it out of such a small town. I mean, that's yeah. a really cool concept too. This idea of like talent and creatives being able to link together in smaller towns and like you don't have to be in New York or LA to like exactly so I guess I'm curious if Burlington then has a lot of significance you know what does Burlington mean for you guys as a group for you as a person like artist and individual as you like move on and move out that's a really good question I I think everyone in this group has um a different feeling or attachment to Burlington in some way or another. So I can't speak on everyone's, but I can say that it is home. Um, it will always keep us grounded and it always keep us humble because in such a small town, there's not, there wasn't any, we, we're not loud kids. We're not like super crazy trying to be famous or anything like that. We're just very humble and like to do our thing and, and, um, and kind of keep it that way. Um, so I definitely say it's, we miss it a lot. It's beautiful. Um, but we gotta we gotta pursue the dreams in in other places. So just like you were saying um, in your last question, like growing up thinking that I needed to be in LA or New York or Chicago or like all these major cities, or else I'm not gonna make it at all. Um, 
I guess like thank God for the internet as well because you can do that all the time these days. But um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a beautiful place and it it humbles us and it keeps us motivated to continue to want to kick down the doors because we're just some small town kids from Vermont. Right. Cool. Yeah. Answer. Want to prove that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm curious about what this process of creation is with such a large group of creatives because obviously I'm sure you yeah. get comparison all the time to Brockhampton but in very yeah. similar ways you know you have your videographers and photographers and you have people who are doing multiple things in the group what does that process kind of look like when you have so many different people with so many different like I assume musical backgrounds and interests is it hard to find like a collective sound or does it kind of mesh naturally that's a great question it it mixes all the time because there's nine nine people in the group, nine personalities, not just like you said. Um, there's certain things that people might find like not cool and then three others think it's super sick. So that's kind of stuff can get a little hard where it's like, you know, kind of not necessarily voting, but it's like everyone's got to be on board at the end of the day and like trying to make that work for nine people is hard. Um, but it's beautiful because you have these nine ideas constantly so uh someone could be downstairs like juju for example is uh went to berkeley so he's like jazz trained and having just beautiful chords and 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 all this pretty stuff that he can produce mixed with like this grungy like craziness that samba brings to his productions um and then you have aiden's beautiful voice sitting right on top and like swank comes in it's it's it all it all comes together so beautifully yeah. but it can be very hard to try and get everyone's point across all the time right so that kind of leads me yeah. to the question i had which is more about individuality i know you mm. have a project you released a project in 2018 i saw hank did as well mm. um, is that ever something that you personally as an artist struggle with like that sense of individuality or do you feel like this is the place where you're supposed to be creating this that's a, again a really good question this is definitely uh where i'm supposed to be um when we dropped, when Hank and I dropped, he dropped Problem Child, I dropped Collision. Uh, that was when we were, when we first formed the idea of the group, it was essentially let's be a bunch of individual artists and release music solo and then come together and show that we are also this like crazy ass team. So yeah, when we were dropping the EPs, um, that was cool and all, but we were like, you know what, together we can make a way cooler sound. We can we can knock down more doors, we can have more of an impact as a group. Uh, and the pieces just kind of fell into our lap beautifully. Um, right. And uh, yeah, and that's how like, I guess, uh, I don't I don't really struggle with finding myself individually because I just, I know what I like to do. And I still write a lot of music by myself on the side, we all do um, yeah. like solo stuff. But overall, I think it's just way cooler for myself to come up with like a solo idea, but then bring it to the group and let it explode and see where it goes so um there's still a lot of individuality in the group although we move very unified yeah um, yeah that's yeah. good i can i can imagine that that balance would be kind of tricky to strike at times definitely 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 so yeah i want to talk about television now um <laughs> absolutely i have a radio show here we're actually in our radio station here um and every week i do an artist of the week and i highlight like an artist and i go through their discography and cool. first of all, I picked you guys one time and I want to say thank you for not having like a ton of curse words in your songs because it takes me forever to censor that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. I was like, all right, I appreciate that. Um, but I love the project. I think that there's 
it's it was it's different from other artists because when I highlight an artist, it can be hard if they only have a couple projects out to get songs that sound different. But Absolutely. with you guys, it's like every song sounds so different than the last one. It feels like you were really coming out the gates strong um, with just demonstrating, you know, from every single song from Champion to Lock and Key to Coffin of Smoke, like they're all, they all have such different vibes and like you're, you're highlighting different people's skills. And I was really impressed by it, but I wanted to ask you like, if that was something that you were doing very purposely, like coming out the gates, you were like trying to say, you know, we can do all this stuff, or if it was kind of just, you know, a byproduct of your creative process, like what was the process of making television like in that sense? All right, that is a really good question. Um, I, let's see, it, it was intentional, first right. of all, to, to make sure that from song to song to song to song, it is, throwing you left and right. You have no idea what to expect next because that's my favorite part is like the element of surprise. And when we first started making music, whether it was solo or, or even together, we were just, again, going back into having nine people and nine influences, uh, you have so much range to work with. Like, I know there's people that listen, like, I, I want people to expect like maybe even a country song because like we just listen to so much, <laughs> so much music and want to make so much music. Um, and uh, yeah, we went into it off the gate wanting to really make a statement in genres specifically and um, not being able to be boxed in right off the gate. We didn't want to drop like a trap album or just a boom bap album. Um, I mean, like, you know, it starts on Champion, which is this crazy yeah. vocoder and vocal synth, like Kanye-esque moment. The next song, you jump right into Fly, which or you jump into Reprise that jumps into Fly. And then you're just kind of like, whoa, I have no idea what to expect throughout the rest of this project. And that's, uh, that's my favorite part. So yeah, it was very intentional. Um, and it was, it's so good sonically. Listen, I haven't listened to the project back in a, in a long time, but it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's my favorite part is, is experimenting and showing our range. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think as a listener too, it gets you excited for the next project because yeah, with the last two songs that y'all released, you know they were so different and you're just you're just like what is coming next um <laughs> so pivoting from that i saw on your guys' website i don't know if quarantine has affected this or not that y'all were recording your next project in uh island point i believe island, island, island Pond. Pond. yeah so did y'all do that with quarantine or like was that still so not with quarantine that uh actually no that needs definitely needs to get updated but um we uh we uh we started we started that album process in um island pond which is about it's in vermont and it's about three and a half hours north uh, it's like really close to canada and new hampshire it's in the middle of nowhere so we wanted to we thought we were like doing something super cool by being like, you know, let's go out to the middle of nowhere. It's going to be like cabin fever vibes. And uh, it, it was super boring at times, but we, um, we made a lot of cool stuff and we were actually living together as a unit for the first time. Before that, everyone was living wherever they were living and we were all meeting either at Samba's house or um, like in Jared's basement to make the music um, like where Chili's was made and um, television was all made in Samba's bedroom. Right. So this is our first time, like, okay, let's, like, get a studio space. We're all going to live together and, like, around the clock working. Um, and that was pretty pretty much a trial period, I think, for uh, for this new project. And um, we're taking our sweet time because we have something really special. And uh, and I'm we're all super excited. But um, 
yeah, we're taking our time and really making sure that we knock uh, all, the, all the things off. But Island Pond was more of an era. That was when we were working on a lot of videos for like fake pods and sure. uh, Ripstick we shot there and Fuck No we shot there. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we shot all that. That was a really cool period. But um, since then, we've moved to Chicago for a year. That was where we spent most of quarantine was uh, really locked in making a ton of music. And we just moved to Nashville two weeks ago. Cool. Yeah, I was about to ask about that. I didn't know that you guys had moved to Chicago, but I, your manager mentioned that you guys just moved to Nashville. Yes. Uh, what's the What's the decision process like when you're deciding which you know city to go move to? Because Los Angeles seems like a pretty obvious choice, but y'all are going to these other ones that are, I guess, maybe pushing you some more. Like, what was the decision uh, behind going to Nashville and Chicago instead of like, a yeah, big, you know, city? Yeah, we um we were in Island Pond realized that we kind of hit our cap in Burlington. I mean, like the, the biggest venue there is higher ground and uh, it only holds 700. So like that's about the, unless you're playing outside at a festival. And so we wanted to just be somewhere where it was, it, there was more happening. Uh, we thought about New York and just as Vermonters, we just aren't super like, we're just kind of claustrophobic in that sense. Like I don't want to be in New York, like at least not right now. Um, yeah. And uh, I do love New York though. Um, and so we decided on Chicago because when we signed, uh, we signed with Pat Corcoran, nice work, and uh, and Warner. We were like, you know what? Let's go. Let's go be with um, the gang out there and see what Chicago brings because it's a little bit more spread out than New York. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities. It's a music city. It's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't really get to in, uh, embrace it all because of quarantine, which was super ironic. Um, and. Uh, yeah, so Chicago was, I wish I could say it gave me a whole lot of musical inspiration, but it really didn't only because of we were locked in the whole time. Um, but a lot of cool stuff came out of it. And so since quarantine is still going on, and I still, we don't really know what is going on with coronavirus or, or, or you know, shows and all, all this stuff. So uh, we came down to Nashville where we have a lovely backyard and more space and we can get outside and kind of be a little more free. Right. Are yeah. you all living together again, or are you living? We together? are. Okay, cool. Indeed. <laughs> um, you know what's what is that like to live with all the people that you work with? Um, is it like a constant creative thing, or is it like some you have to like dial in really when you want to go uh, make music, or you know what? I mean, what's that like? We are. I'll let. I'll say this: we're still figuring it out because uh i mean like i'm only 23 a lot of i think the oldest member is swank i think he's just turned 25 um and we are figuring out how to balance personal life with work life with create with with creativity and you know like it's it's very hard like having to do the dishes but then you got to go like record and and like kind of separating those two like work life and home life um but we've gotten really good at it. Uh, in Island Pond, for example, that was when we first were figuring that whole thing out. Like, how do we separate music and and life? Because it was just getting too diluted, you know? Um, so it's awesome, though. You get to live with your nine best friends. But you also live with your nine best friends. So, like, <laughs> they can get on your nerves pretty quick. <laughs> and, so, and vice versa. I'm sure I get on everyone's nerves. So, like, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I honestly couldn't ask for anything better. So... Um, yeah, it's really, it's cool. And you learn a lot about people and about yourself and how you work and, and how to separate a lot of things. For sure. My next question is about your collaboration with Brass Tracks, because I'm a huge yeah. fan of them. 
they've got some really cool songs and stuff. Um, yeah. And I'm curious what that, how that collaboration came about, and if when you're collaborating with people, it's the big process of like you're bringing nine people to the table, and then they're bringing their like you know four or whatever, three or four people, and then you're all working together, or is it more like one or two people kind of touch base? Like what is that? What does a collaboration process look like when you have a team of nine people? Yeah, that that's a good question. I um, first of all, I. Brass Tracks is awesome. I've been listening to them since I was in high school, since I was like a junior in high school. Um, and how we met them was we were playing a show at Elsewhere in New York, in, in Brooklyn, I believe it is. Uh, and there was this really tall dude in the crowd who was like going crazy and like loving the music while we were playing. And then after the show, he introduced himself. He's like, hey man, like I'm Ivan from Brass Tracks. I love your stuff. And I was like, whoa, that's sick. Um, that was the first time I'd ever met another artist that enjoyed the music that I make that I also enjoyed theirs. Um, and so he hit us, he was like, Hey man, take my number. Uh, I would love to make some music sometime. And about, I'd say like two months later, maybe, maybe even a month later, not even, uh, we created fuck no. Um, and it was just the bare bones. It was just the acoustic guitar plucks and, um, those like very slight drums. And we had the verses and, uh, we sent it, we sent it to him. It was like, Hey, what do you want to do with this? And he had it back in, I think like a day. And, uh, we flew out to LA and we were in the hotel in LA. And, uh, um, it was actually, I think it was like the day before we officially signed our record deal. We, um, we got the stems back in the hotel and we were just listening to the chorus. Like, Yo, we just killed this. Like, yeah. So it was super quick. Um, he's awesome to work with. They're so awesome to work with. And outside of brass tracks, there hasn't been a whole lot of collaboration with um, with a lot of other artists because there's so many in here that I think right now we're really focused on what yeah. we can actually bring to the table as the collective before we start to branch out and like, you know, kind of touch base with a bunch of people and also kind of dip our, we're brand new. I have no idea who even likes us or who <laughs> wants to work or like <laughs> what they want to offer. So um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that seems like a pretty balanced way to look at, uh, at collaboration. But that that track was sick. I like. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess. So next, I wanted to talk a little bit about y'all's texting feature and your Twitch streams and everything like that. You know, because we're living in this age when like Kenny Beats gets on and like does these crazy videos and makes yeah. it back in front of people, and it seems to make production and music a lot more accessible to people. So especially seeing as you're coming from this small town, um, you know, kind of internet-based music experience, uh, what is, how important are those direct connections that you have to your fans, like the text me feature, you know, where did that come from, and, and why is that integral, because it seems to be very integral to your band's kind of method and, and structure. Absolutely, um, it's extremely important for us to, to tap in with fans, because I'm, I'm the, at least for me, come when you come from such a small town. I mean, actually, when you're just coming up in music, I have again like no idea who really rocks with us, and like it's so awesome to talk to people that are like, "Yo, you guys are sick," and like it, even yourself included. So like, I'm honored to be on. So thank you. But um, <laughs> it's super awesome to just touch base and like even just see how how people's day is. Like it's it's that simple. Um, I know a lot of artists use like uh, the like community and stuff like that for just like uh, sending out singles and stuff. But every now and then we'll check in and be like, "Hey, yeah, like." How was your day? How what, like what you up to? Like, right. um, 
and it's it feels really good because then you know they get to see you in concert and and you, there's just that much more connection you know yeah. uh that you actually like care we actually care for our fans that care about us because without yeah. them we would be absolutely nothing yeah. um and twitch was uh jared and i well we're all gamers essentially i don't play many video games but a lot of the people in the group play um a lot of video games and they're like yo we should just like get on and start gaming and um uh and a few of them do but jared and i were talking about 99 radio and we were like yo what can we do when quarantine first started like yeah. how do we like have some fun on it honestly it started off out of, out of like us being bored we were like what do we do we're just stuck in the house like i want to dance i want to party like yeah. we can't go to a party so let's just party here again another uh, another pro of having nine people you can party yeah. whenever you want to <laughs> So, um, yeah, that started uh, just from a boredom and quarantine thing, and it grew to be something really cool. Like, yeah. shout out to Kenny Beats. Uh, we were a part of um, his, like, beat battle for a little bit during quarantine, which yeah. was super fun. Uh, and that sparked us to start making beats on Twitch and making songs on Twitch. And it's a really cool way to show people outside of just releasing music and, like, looking cool in a video. Yeah, um, it's crazy because it seems to really bring a new light to producers. Uh, <laughs> I never thought about before because like you know I've been a lifelong music fan but I never thought about the producing behind it until I started watching like those Kitty Beats videos the cave videos um, yeah and so was that was that a part of some of your producing and, and producers life coming up in all this was like watching the online you know these YouTube videos and, and kind of learning about all the sampling and stuff like what is the what is the producing process behind your songs look like I don't have as much insight as Samba would or Juju or Jared. Um, but I can say, I know, I, I can't say I met Samba when he was making EDM music when he was like 14 or 13. I think he was four, 14. Um, and, or he started making uh, EDM when he was 14 and uh, watching a bunch of YouTube tutorials and like, we call it like YouTube university. Yeah. You can learn like you can learn anything on YouTube. So uh um I know even myself, like when I'm making beats, I I'll go on and be like, how does how do I do this? Because I'm not as experienced. But um right. yeah, I wish I could speak more on how they make beats because it's it's I, I sometimes I'm even just staring like what are you even doing? I have no idea what that is. Um but uh yeah, I guess a lot of us I guess YouTube University is is where a lot of people get I mean, sure, interviews. Samba's always listening to like you can catch him listening to like opera and then switching over to like some scream metal band and then I'm sure looking up like the the an interview with that band and directors even. I know Samba's really into film. Um and so he'll watch a lot of like uh uh director interviews and, and behind the scenes stuff and try and incorporate like the thought process and the whys and all that stuff into into the production and making it less of like about a beat and more of a full moving like kind of like uh, I'm sure you know the song 19. Yeah. 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 Just kind of like making it more of a of a statement than a than a beat. But I, I can't add too much. I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a good transition into your visual teams and, and the visual side of 99 neighbors i feel like is always exciting in that same way we're like welcome to chili's the video for that is is so interesting the way that they utilize like you know snapchat and iphone videos and then you have you know ripstick and these kind of more the fake pods like more cinematic looking ones and um 
do you have any insight in the video and like photo design side of things even with like the the designs that you guys put in the background of some of your streams that are just like in the background it's like tigers and shit like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah a very solid uh brand behind that that thinking that is also like it's based in just kind of like chaos and like trying new things and stuff like that um, yeah i'm curious what you think about that and if you have any insights on on that side of the production yeah i have a little um so that's shane's department uh he's fantastic he started off um when we first got started just taking photos at shows and just wanted to be there with a camera all the time film whatever uh and that's kind of how we started the the branding of like i i like to look at welcome to chili's as like the most us video yeah um yeah and that's just having fun we don't want to pose in front of cars and throw money or like do any like thing that's not us and like that we find funny and and like fun, I guess, um, including like fake pods, like just dressing up like a bunch of like hillbillies and like just doing random stuff. Um, uh, yeah, and it's 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 like kind of it's still immature because we love to have fun and 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 not take everything too seriously, uh, uh, even with like the color schemes of videos. But I'm glad you like welcome to Chili's because that was us just being like, hey, let's go get like drunk at a bowling alley and. Yeah take a bunch of random footage that we have saved from Snapchat and just put it all together with this six song. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a cluster. With the music too. And, and the brand, like I said, it feels very chaotic, but that feels like brand. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I think it, yeah, it definitely works. Um, <laughs> like in Ripstick, the the kind of subtext of like the fight going on in the background against the yeah. Had, like, it's <laughs> yeah that one was like one of our most thought out i guess because it actually kind of has like you know the fight yeah. scene and we're at the train yard and all that stuff but like and also like fuck no is another perfect yeah. example of like it doesn't really matter we're just having fun and like if you like it you like it if you don't you don't right well that's awesome um right. kind of going off of that the last two projects that you released you released videos animated videos with them indeed more of like a story kind of telling one and the other one was kind of a cool visual that went along with it um who who thought of that and where did that come from i am blanking on his name which is really bad but, <laughs> it's our homie in la uh who uh we reached out to because it was we were planning on doing actual videos for the songs and then um when quarantine hit we were just like all right how can we do this differently then because there's a lot of places are shut down. We can't just go shoot like we normally could. At that time, specifically, like the curfew was very real. Um, and uh, uh, we were like, you know what? Like, like let's let's take a crack at animation because we're big Rick and Morty fans and like Brickleberry and Family Guy. And um, I was like, let's let's just see what we look like <laughs> in cartoon form. Uh, and it came out really well. Um, Co-op was supposed to be just this fun story about us getting weed from Colorado to uh from Colorado to Chicago um and uh in basement uh we had, we wanted to shoot like a really cool video but honestly didn't have the assets for what we really wanted to do visually so we created a visualizer to to match in that bundle as well yeah yeah, yeah I feel like that definitely went off of um the kind of evolution and exploration that you guys seem to have with your music um you know like bleeding into also the visuals because 
you know, there's another thing you wouldn't expect. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. An, an animated video out of left field, but it came out really well. And I, I love that video so much. Yeah, it's really dope. Thank um, you. So where did those two songs come from? Did they come from pre-quarantine kind of, uh, you know, where, yeah, when and where did those originate from? I believe, so Quap was made in, I think it was post or not post-quarantine, but like shortly after quarantine really started, yeah. uh, we were in CRC downtown in Chicago and Samba had that crazy synth that and we were just in the studio, jumped on that and Swank had that really, that really good hook and it made everyone laugh and like also want to rap really hard, yeah. which was cool. Um, and uh, Basement was also in CRC, I think just like honestly, a week later, they came pretty much at uh, close to the same time. And um, yeah, Aiden, I walked into the studio one day and Aiden just had that hook on repeat. It took that motherfucker yeah. from the basement. And we were like, oh shit, like, and and we really, I really resonated with that one because at the time our studio setup is, was just like in the basement of our house. And that's where we attract like the demo and stuff like that. So it was very, it felt very true to self, if that makes any sense. But they were uh, probably say March-ish. I remember it was cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't really remember. But uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Have you guys created a lot of stuff in quarantine then? Or has it been sort of difficult to find the creative drive for that? Uh, both. Um, yes, we have created a ridiculous amount of music um, over this quarantine. Uh, that we're super excited about. Um, and it has been a little hard sometimes. I remember specifically, uh, to get a little serious, we were in Chicago, we were in Chicago uh, when all of the protests started going down and the riots and like, just when everything just started going uh, down and uh, we were downtown in, uh, in the studio. We went to a few protests uh, and then they were starting to get really out of hand and um, I'm not a Chicago uh, Chicago native, so I didn't want to get caught up in any like sort of crazy things. Um, so we were in the studio and it felt like kind of like the world was on fire around you and uh, trying to make that also mix with being like stuck inside every day and not being able to, you know, just even like really go on, you can go on a walk, but like can't really go to the beach and experience life and like, you know, do all the things that everyone was doing before. So it definitely, uh, affected the creativity at first we're slowly learning you know how to go about it still learning um and uh yeah it they they blend because some days you just want to sit there and like really feel bummed out and then other days you're like you know what i'm gonna make the greatest song ever so it's still finding that balance of um trying to mix that those working working like home life if that makes any sense did you feel like you could feel a tangible effect in the music and in like on your lyricism and the things that you were talking about in your music post the riots and quarantine and having all these difficult to talk about and difficult to feel feelings um mm -hmm. then having and then going and creating did you feel like those two things became directly interlinked at any point yeah yeah it was um i I wrote a few, like, I, I write all the time. We all write, whether it's going to be on a song or whether it's just a journal entry and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely writing a bunch about just kind of the state of the world and more so getting things off of my chest um, and on paper. Um, but it also just made me look at things different and in, in making music different. Um, like, 
uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, but it's such an, it's such a crazy and necessary and needed thing to protest in, in this entire movement. Um, uh, and you, you want to feel empowered and you want to empower more people. So I was writing just more powerful verses, more thought out, like, uh, in depth, really getting to know myself as well via like quarantine. I had a lot of time to just sit with myself and really ask myself questions and, and, and get to the bottom of a lot of things, if that makes any sense. And, and it all comes out in the music more than I would. I feel like if I was on tour having a lot of fun, I'd probably get a lot of like really cool upbeat records where I'm just having fun and rocking out and saying whatever. But um, I think it was a very important time for me to really get to know myself and write about those things and, and learn from them. Cool. Yeah, definitely curious to hear these new projects coming out. Um, Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. In terms of tour, you mentioned, um, mm -hmm. you guys, did you get to do your tour before COVID happened or were you in the midst of it? Uh, I know you no. it didn't happen. No, unfortunately, no. Okay. We did the, uh, we did the first two stops in Denver or we did one in Denver, one in Vail. Yeah. Um, and then we flew back and maybe, I think it was that week or later, I think just later that week, like that's when yeah it got no more so no we only did the first two stops and then um it was no more which is so unfortunate but we'll be back yeah well you better because i was gonna go to that denver show and then something you missed happened. out i know and it could have been my last <laughs> show before quarantine which i'm bummed about but you'll be back. <laughs> um so we'll be back i loved i love i love denver it's one of my favorite cities to to be and i i love i love colorado period You've been out here a lot, or is it only once? But it was like so sick and so fun, and it reminded me a lot of home. So I'm excited yeah. to get back there. You got to come to Boulder next time. I got to come to Boulder. I really have to go to Boulder. <laughs> yeah, we'll come to Boulder. We'll hook you. Um, okay, so how about how, for those two shows? What was that experience mm -hmm. like? Um, have you played in a lot of different states, or was this kind of going to be your first run? Um, first time in all in a lot of those states both actually so uh, I we did a lot of shows last summer um, when we were like leading up to all the singles and stuff like that I remember we played um, like Made in America we did Lollapalooza yeah. uh, um, we were just doing a, a, a bunch of show runs last year but it was kind of on the back end of things and so we were really stoked to get into new cities and do a bunch of new stuff this year we we're gonna do like Bottle Rock and right. Um, Oshiaga, which was like super sentimental to me because I've been going to Oshiaga for a while. And yeah, um, yeah so uh, it, it would have been our first time in a lot of these states, at least for me, uh, which was a bummer. But the Denver shows went back. It kind of bums me out even more because the Denver shows, or the, the Colorado shows were just insane. The yeah. first one was at Vail um, with, for the US Open. And uh, it was sick. We it was Everyone was going crazy. Everyone was super drunk and having a great time. Yeah. And then uh, next night went to um, went to Denver and almost sold it out, which was super cool. I didn't expect anyone. I was expecting like 50 people. I didn't really expect much. Again, like I'm pretty humble and I don't really like check the numbers like that. So it was really it felt really good to, to have that crowd and they went crazy and it was super fun. So I was excited. But my first taste of it was was really good. <laughs> you get yeah. your first taste and then it's immediately 
Ridiculous. Exactly. I got I, I got a taste, and then they're like, "Yeah, no, you thought." Uh, did you see the Laramere, Laramere Lounge? Yes, Laramere Lounge. Okay. Yeah. Laramere, Laramere Lounge. Laramere Lounge. I don't know either. I, I should. Know. Know. I know. I know as much as you. <laughs> well, I should know it. Um, <laughs> that kind of brings us to a bit of a close here. I wanted to know, you know, what's on the horizon for you all? You're just kind of waiting for COVID news, seeing what's going to happen, when's the next album coming out? You know, what's what's going on with you guys? Well, let's see. We just moved to Nashville. Been here for two weeks. We'll see how this city treats us. We'll see how it goes. Um, so far, hopes are high. Creativity's high. Expectations low. Um, the music is chugging along. We're making a bunch. We're super excited about the music we're making. It's, in my opinion, best best shit I've ever heard. But it's a, uh, <laughs> it's um, uh, we got a lot of things on our horizon. We're we're working. We're also waiting to see what COVID does and see what the world does um hopefully getting back on the road next year um hopefully doing a lot next year we'll see how it goes um yeah we're kind of just playing it by ear but comfortably we're yeah. we're in a good spot we're we're rocking out we're okay that's good all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank all right. you so much for meeting with me of course. on this first episode of Crave podcast thank um, you so much for having me i'm i'm honored this is awesome well, it's an honor for me to talk to you. So thank you very much. <laughs> good luck in Nashville. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing whatever you guys put up next. Thank you so much. Much love and have a lovely day. Love you too. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.